2: And welcome to the show, and hey, what a great time we are having because the U.S. Labor Department seeking to improve job opportunities for Americans with disabilities, setting hiring goals for federal contractors and subcontractors. Folks, it is out the proposal of a new rule to set a hiring goal of 7% of their workforce to be people with disabilities. This is for all federal contractors. Go to DOL.gov and you can read about it. It is awesome. I mean, I'll be talking about this on every show, so I'm just so excited about it. But today, I am also very excited about our guest, who is an author, a speaker, an inspiration, someone who's a leader in the world of disability fighting to help people overcome stigma and reach their dreams. Welcome to the show, Dave Carson.
3: Well, uh, Joyce, thank you for having me.
2: Well, it's our pleasure. Um, And Dave is the author of Survival Guide for College-Bound LD Students. So I know that our listeners will want to know, Dave, how did you first become involved in the disability community?
3: Well, looking back, uh, I was always involved. I just didn't know it at the time. Uh, I was first identified at age 25, and uh, without giving too much away early. And then uh, 10 years ago, I really found my mission and purpose. And uh, my first high school that I spoke at was my own high school that I attended. And really didn't know. I spoke for an hour, was so nervous, I couldn't remember what I said. And then I walked out and said, I need to write some of this down. So that actually led to my book. And um, I speak in church basements, national conventions. Um, This is my mission, and I'll speak to, really, any group that will have me.
2: Oh, that is awesome. Well... You heard him folks, anyone listening today, he'll speak to anyone that will have him, and I know a lot of you would like to have him. So um, I do have a question. Sure. You know, Dave, there are a lot of people, 54 million people, living with disabilities, and just like you, some do not find out till later in their life. But not everyone. Not everyone decides they want to give back, they want to be an advocate. You know, not all do that. I'm just curious, what made you decide to do that?
3: Well, it is, I I, I tell people it's my mission, and I don't use that term very, you know, likely. Um, uh, I just remember how lost, overwhelmed, anxious, feeling that I was, quote, stupid, for many, many years until I was actually identified again at age 25, and and I was actually fairly good with athletics, and I just know I, I can still remember those feelings, and that's what keeps me going, and that's why I do what I do is because I just look back and, and I realize what, what I experienced at the time, and I don't want people to have to you know experience that so i try to help them
2: in other words you want to pay it forward correct it,
3: yeah. it, it, if someone on the phone here would say lead on
2: yes that's right lead on no matter what that is so true yes, Yoshiko. if you're listening to the show right now see lead on we're always thinking of justin okay dave I know that people absolutely do not understand that a learning disability does not mean lack of knowledge. Many people don't understand what that means. Would you take time to explain that to our listeners?
3: Well, sure. Um, and, And that's why I do my presentations. Actually, at one point in my talk, I tell the students, and I love to look in their eyes and see their faces when I say this, I say, I can't spell it all. I read very slowly. I write. Li- I'm sorry. I can't spell it all. I read very slowly. I write like a fourth grader, and I'm very smart. And yeah. I look. And I look at the students, and I say, "So are you?" And uh, I actually have on my PowerPoint uh, one of my slides that says, "Reading and writing has nothing to do with intelligence, but it has everything to do with success." And a lot of times. When I tell that to students, that's the first time that they've ever heard that. Um, but yet we, what's the first thing they teach you in grade school is to read, write, and spell. So if you have an issue in those areas or mathematics, uh, you tend to hold on to things or bad experiences and dwell on them as opposed to appreciating your many gifts and talents. And, and so, yes, um, you know, reading, writing, math, uh, attention doesn't have anything to do with critical thinking, global intelligence, in and global intelligence. Uh, well, Go ahead. And, uh, Go ahead. and, and, and uh, just to finish this point, um, it, I'm the type of person, and again, everybody's different, that if you were to give me like a multiple-choice physics test, with extended time, I would get an A. But, you know, the famous basket weaving course, you know, that I still haven't found. But if I would have to write an essay or a paper for the basket weaving course, I would fail. So a lot of times, mainly it's how it's, you know, is that teaching style conducive to my learning style and is the test, testing methodology conducive to my strengths and weaknesses?
2: Yeah, and I will bet you that the majority of people do not understand that. And I'm sure when you tell that to those students, I'll bet that really surprises them initially. Oh, no, I,
3: I, I love to look at their eyes, and they sit up, and they actually, there's like this huge light bulb that goes off. And and I actually stop and just kind of walk around the room and look at them for a minute.
2: hmm Yeah, I know. I I love that explanation that you give. I think that is just so awesome. Although, there are obviously many adults that do not understand. And that's why I always tell people, you learn differently. Yes. You're not stupid. You know, this is the part that I hate, when people don't understand what a learning disability is, and yet there are people that are uh, multimillionaires who have a learning disability. There are people that are successful Um, artists that have a learning disability. But once again, people don't understand, and they also don't understand there's more than one type of learning disability. You know, there are many types of learning disabilities. But, folks, if you're listening to this really good man on the show right now, don't label your child, or if you are living with a learning disability, don't label yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. You know, you're hearing what you can do if you have the right mentor and education. And that's why we're excited to have Dave Carson, author of Survival Guide for College-Bound LD Students, on our show today. We are reaching out to you, working to educate you and help you in any way we can. You are listening to Joyce Bender America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Dave. Talk, talk,
0: talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll free right now at 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. That's it, that's it. VoiceAmerica.com. How has your belief system been formed? Has it been based on others telling you what to believe? Do you desire to make changes in your life that you know will bring you deeper fulfillment? Tune in to The Ripple Effect with Catherine Cloward for your weekly dose of inspiration and encouragement. Whether it be in your business, personal relationships, or family life, this show will help you recognize and trust your intuitive knowing. Catherine and her guests will help inspire you to make fulfilling choices for your life. The Ripple Effect is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety.
4: Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes.
2: And welcome back to the show. We are talking to Dave Carson, author of Survival Guide for College-Bound LD Students and speaker nationally on this topic. And we are here today to help you. Hopefully, if you know of anyone with these issues or questions, remember this show is archived on voiceamerica.com and on Bender Consult Dot com. Well, Dave, this brings us to this book you've written, Guide for College Bound LD Students. Um, I thought first, though, why don't you talk about your own struggles? I was really uh, moved when I read, you know, your bio and what you've been through. Um, how about if you share that with our listeners?
3: Sure, uh, just a little bit. Uh, I'm 54 years old. I went to a Catholic grade school here in uh, Pittsburgh. And in the early age, the good sisters, as I refer to them, would send me down a grade, literally up out of the class, down the hall, to the grade beneath me for English reading and spelling. And that happened for six of the eight grade school years. Oh, my. So they're sending me down a grade for English reading and spelling, and I'm proceeding to get essentially Ds and Cs. But in the other classes that entire grade school period, I stayed put with my peer group or class group, and I got A's. So at an early age, I was either getting A's or C's and D's with no true center to my academic life. And back then, that's just the way someone was, or that's the way Dave was. You know, I'm the kid that won the Oral Geography Bee, but I was the first one out at, at the Oral Spelling Bee. So uh, so that's sort of grade school. Uh, when I got to high school, it was pretty much more of the same, but it started to come out where it just wasn't entire classes. In high school, parts of classes, like in 10th t- grade English, we had to read A Tale of Two Cities. Well, on the, I actually got through most of the book with the help of Cliff Notes. But again, objective testing, extended time, A, uh, I had to do a project for the book in A, the paper at D, and then there was a spelling test associated with, and I got an F. So, not only were, were certain classes A's or C's and D's, but within classes, I would start to get A's and C's and D's. But people didn't catch on. Back then, people didn't know that, you know, like you could be gifted and have an LD at the same time. I think people use the term uh, twice exceptional now. And um, I, I was an all-state football player, and I had uh, quite a few scholarship offers. Uh, the main ones were at Duke University and at uh, North Carolina State, I um, I actually signed to go to North Carolina State when uh, Lou Holtz was there. People know him now from the commentator on ESPN. Right, uh, right. Yeah, he was at, actually at my house quite a few times.
2: No kidding. How about yes. that?
3: And uh, actually, my father was operated on my senior year uh, in high school. And I went to visit my dad at the hospital here in Pittsburgh, and I walked in to see my dad, and Coach Lou was actually sitting in a chair in the hospital uh, visiting my dad.
2: How about that? But, uh, go ahead. But,
3: but just to finish this one little, little story, I signed to go to North Carolina State, but I didn't attend. I was actually going to be Bill Cowher's roommate and teammate at NC State, but I didn't attend because, again, I thought I was dumb. I was experiencing transitional anxiety issues. I didn't go to NC State. So um, so that's my little story.
2: Wow. Isn't that amazing? That yeah. is amazing what people can't. Well, I guess that's because your job was to help nationally people across America with what you're doing. You know that? Because I think it's awesome what you're doing. I really do. I I actually call
3: myself the LD coach, and and it's sort of because of Bill. Uh, I, I always thought that I would have been a great college football coach, but I really think that this is my mission, helping people believe in themselves, take the next step to college, and find success there.
2: Yeah, right. I think it is, too. Um, and your main reason that you did not want to go to some of these schools is because you believe you would not succeed. Is that true?
3: Well, well, uh, actually, there's a story in the book. Well, two, two reasons. Uh, the story in the book um, about Duke was that um, I spent the weekend at Duke, first time on an airplane. The head coach is driving me back to the airport on Sunday to fly back to Pittsburgh. And he says, David, you know, I would like you here at Duke. You know, we, we want you very badly. You know, what can we do to help you? And, uh, you know, I, I said, could you give me a T-shirt? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, because you, you, um, when people go on vacation, you know, they get the T-shirt that says, I was here type right, thing. Right. Well, I felt like a tourist, even though they were offering me, you know, an opportunity of a lifetime. So I bought my little T-shirt. I took it home. I wore it, but I felt like a tourist. But as I say in my talks to the students, wherever you choose to go, you must believe that you're good enough to be there. Because I didn't when it came to Duke. I didn't believe I was good enough. But looking back on it now, I was. But that moment in time when you're 18 years old, somewhat emotionally beat up and are making a life transition change, it's hard to think that way. Wow. And then with do I'm sorry, with NC State, uh, again, I signed to go to NC State, but that I experienced, as I say, transitional anxiety. Some people may call it a, a panic attack.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But I actually believe... Uh, with most incoming college freshmen, um, I I actually see this happening more and more across the board uh, where, you know, incoming freshmen uh, are having uh, anxiety issues. But, But again, I wasn't tested yet. So I didn't know what was wrong. I thought I was dumb. I believed it to be true, but it wasn't correct. So a lot of it was uh, i didn't believe in myself, a lot of it was anxiety issues associated so,
2: so, what did you do to overcome this well well,
3: actually being tested well, I have to finish my little story to 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 answer this question. I failed college three times, so my I had wonderful loving parents. They sent me to school for one last time at Mercy Hospital School of Nursing here in Pittsburgh. I have a 3.5, and I'm flunking out. And they take me in to see the sister again, some more sisters. And she said to me, David, you don't take any notes. You're the last one done with every test. You misspell all the words. You write like a fourth grader. And you're the smartest person I have in the school. And I'm crying my eyes out. And I start telling her about the classes, you know, that I'm getting A's, the classes that I'm getting D's. And she starts asking me questions at age 25. And that's how I was self-identified. But to overcome it, actually being tested for me was a great burden, a great epiphany or awakening, however you want to say that. And in my talks to younger students, I actually say, be thankful that you were tested and identified and that people can help you and that your life could be changed because, you know, generations past, they didn't know this. And to this day, a lot of students that aren't failing, that still may have an LD, are not being tested and identified.
2: That is so true. You are right on the money. Well, let me ask you this then. How did you, what did you think when you found this out?
3: Well, well, that's funny that you say that. Immediately, I was still in denial. You know, when the sister at the nursing school said, "Dave, we have news for you. You have a learning disability." I said, "No. I'm really smart. I just have trouble reading and writing." And they said, no, that's why you're smart, and that's why you have trouble reading and writing. So initially, I had that little bit of denial, but then in a day or so, I accepted it, and then I went from there. But, um, you know, uh, overcoming, it's just, the, you know, time, being mature, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, knowing your learning style, and... Just being self-aware.
2: Well, I mean, I agree with you because once you finally understood this, you knew, hey, wait a minute, I am smart.
3: Oh, exactly. I just
2: learned differently from other people.
3: Yes. Well, well actually, it's funny that you say that because in my talks with the students, I say, look, I failed college three times. At the age of 25, I was tested, identified. They told me I was smart. I started to believe I was smart, and then I was first in my class three times. So my question to my audience, usually students, was, did I just get smart at the end, or was I smart that entire time and did not believe in myself?
2: Hmm. (laughs) So. Well, you were smart the entire time. You just didn't know you needed different... Uh, adaptive technology or, or a different Correct. way of learning. You just didn't know that.
3: Correct. You know, people say, well, you know, you only know what you know, and I didn't know, and the people around me didn't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's it's a little different now. Again, I'm 54.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it would sort of be like us saying, I can't drive that car because I can't see. So I can't drive. uh, uh glasses, now I can see. Yes. So it, it's not that the person is unable to drive. It's just they need some little adjustment, and guess what? They drive like everyone else. Exactly. So, you know, that's exactly what was going on with you. And i got to give you credit because not only you found this out, but then you decided to give back and help other people, and so many people need help in this area. You know, kudos to you for doing that. And we're going to get ready to take a break. If you just joined us, we're talking to Dave Carson, author, speaker, and leader to try to educate people what a learning disability really is and how to deal with it. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts.
0: Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: In the spirit of Have Couch, will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control, and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer.
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. We're talking to Dave Carson author and speaker. The book is survival guide for college bound L D students. And by the way, while we're talking about that, I just don't want to forget to ask this. Uh, how do people purchase this book, Dave?
3: Well it is self-published. Uh I'm up to about forty-two colleges right now. Uh, people tell me that's pretty good for being self-published in the content. But I do have a website. It is D is and David. My last name, Carson, C-A-R-S-O-N, L-D-Coach.com. Or you can go, uh, uh, the book is uh, $24 shipped media mail. And again, that's uh, David Carson. And my mailing address is 2315 Morton Road. That's M-O-R-T-O-N Road, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in my zip is one five two four one.
2: Want to repeat that? Sure.
3: I uh, thank you because because actually when I take messages off, I usually have to do it twice or even three times. But but the website is d carson c a r s o n l d And again, it's David Carson, and my mailing address is twenty three fifteen. Morton Road, that's M-O-R-T-O-N Pittsburgh, PA 15241
2: Okay and there you go, I would encourage you to buy that, you know, we've got to get this news out because we know there are all thousands and thousands and thousands of students with learning disabilities that need help and don't know how to get help so um, there you go, and if you can't Remember or you misplaced that, you all know me. Joyce Bender at BenderConsult dot com. I will make sure I get you the information for that book. J Bender at BenderConsult dot com or VoiceAmerica.com. dot com. They'll get back in touch with me. So Dave, I do this Bender Leadership Academy where what I do is I work with high school students with disabilities. I've done this as a volunteer for over 12 years now, and I do this in Delaware and two places in Pittsburgh. so There's going to be three places where these schools send 20 of their high school students with various disabilities, um, and I do a class uh, four times from nine to one over X amount of months because there's homework in between. But the whole thing is about, you know, being a leader, and one of the things that is about is dealing with bullying, and it's very clear in all these classes that when a student, like the story you told about the uh, sister that would send you down, down a grade, mm-hmm. when I have a student with a disability, and they are in school mainstreamed. But then for a certain class, because they have a learning disability, they're sent, you know, to be tutored or to another area Mm -hmm. in special ed immediately. You're stupid. Hey, idiot. Hey, you're weird. You're dumb. I mean, I hear this story nonstop. So for any of those high school students who are being brutally bullied because of their learning disability, what advice do you have for them?
3: Well, as you sort of mentioned, You know, there's several different types of bullying. There's intellectual bullying, where some people don't really realize that. There's social, there's verbal. Nowadays, there's cyber, and, of course, we all know about physical bullying. But I know when you're a certain age, you can project, you know, to be older. And this is easy to say, but it will pass The thing is not to internalize it, okay, you know, and carry it with you. I actually think we carry our past with us to some extent in in the baggage associated with bad experiences, and like in the middle school and high school and sometimes beyond, and we don't realize that we're carrying that and that how it's affecting us into the future. You know, so I would just tell students, please do not internalize, that you learn differently. Everybody is different, okay? Everybody has weaknesses and strengths. Mine is in reading, writing, and spelling. But yet, I'm, I'm the, like, phone a friend person on that TV show for probably all other subject matter. You know, everybody's different, Um Uh, that's what I would say.
2: And I would say I agree with him 100%. You know what I always say? Get back your muchness. You have to believe in you. See, that is the key. You have to believe in you. No matter what else anyone says to you, you have to believe in you. That is the first step, the first thing. That is the key. Don't you agree with that, Dave?
3: Well, absolutely. And, and the thing is, I know when you're a certain age that your peer group is your world. I, I lived it at one time and I can still think about that even though I'm an old man. You know, but the thing is, you can't worry about what others say or what they may say. You can't worry about what others think or may think. You have to live your life, you have to try each day, and that That being said, you know, you must believe in yourself.
2: Right. And you know that thing Dave said about uh, right now, do you think with your peers, you're in high school, that that's it, that's the world, that's, oh, my goodness, that's everything. You are going to be so surprised when you get out of school.
3: Exactly. Exactly. You are going to
2: be so surprised. I always tell people if I could put that in a bottle. And, and give it to all kids in high school where they could see the future. What a change we would have because what you think is not the way it's gonna be. You know, some of the when I went to school, some of my schoolmates and some of them they were pretty uh mean with other kids, but they seemed like they were it, they were the cool ones, they would be just so successful. They had it all going on and, and guess what of course, all the opposite that we thought happened. And this is how it is, what you think. Oh, you're going to look back on it and you're going to say, I cared about that?
3: Yes. But at that moment in time, it's all you know. But looking back, you're absolutely right. Why did I care about that? Why did I think that way? And why did I carry it with me? But again, that moment in time with your peers, it's hard.
2: Okay. Hey, I think we have a caller on the line. Hi, Hello. hi. This is Gerald Homie. Uh, hey, Gerald, how you doing? Good. How are you, Joyce? I'm good. Hey, Gerald is the uh, head of that Bender Leaders Bender Lead On team. Excuse me, which is another thing with students all across America um, standing up to be leaders and to fight bullying, and it's on Facebook. You know, because of the need to try to fight back with this cyberbullying. Uh, but anyway, Gerald, did you have a question?
3: Uh, I just wanted to call in um, and support this because I am a person living with a learning disability, and uh, um, and it definitely can be tough getting through college, uh, the adversity that you get through uh, when getting there. But I think what you're doing, um, what you're doing is great, Mr. Carson. I wanted to thank you for that, and uh, it's a really great service that you're doing. So thank you so much. Well, no, Well, thank you. And and actually, the next great wave of diversity for all colleges, I mean, it could be Harvard down to your local community college. I mean, there are medical schools now, actually, that have an Office of Disability Services. You know, people are realizing that we are the next great wave of diversity, and it it is true diversity. Um, and, And colleges are starting to realize this now.
2: Yeah, right. Hey, Gerald, lead on. Lead on. All right. Thanks for calling.
3: All right. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Bye. See, there are so many people, I've told you before, with learning disabilities who are successful, and you're hearing one of them, Dave Carson. But, you know, you can't give up. That's the thing. You can't give up. You've got to believe in yourself. You can't give up. I know that sounds hard while you're in the situation, just as Dave said, but you'll look back and you'll realize it was not the defining moments of your life.
3: Absolutely not.
2: Defining moment of your life is when you realize who you are and believe in yourself, just like Dave here. He had no idea what was wrong. You know, looking back on this, everything he thought about himself, Duke, all of these things... It was not correct because, you know, he's very smart. He just has a learning disability, obviously very entrepreneurial. But, you know, there was a plan, and the plan for him was not to go to Duke, not to play basketball, but to possibly save a life because too many people that are being bullied today, people with disabilities have committed suicide called side. But here you have a shining example, a role model of someone who made it. Don't give up. No matter what, don't give up. And with that, we're going to get ready to go to our last break before we close the show. You've been listening to Dave Carson, my guest, who is the author of Survival Guide for College-Bound LD Students and is reaching out across America To make a stand for people with learning disabilities, this is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be back.
0: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank
1: you for calling.
0: VoiceAmerica.com.
4: Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes.
0: Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Spender.
2: And welcome back to the show. We are talking to... Dave Carson, author of Survival Guide for College-Bound L.D. Students and Speaker Dave. While we're on that topic, could you give them an example of the types of speaking engagements you do?
3: Well, like I (coughs) mentioned earlier, uh, I've done church basements. Uh, I'm doing the uh, uh, LDA International Convention in Chicago in February uh Last week, I did a local high school here in pittsburgh uh this past Friday, I did a county transition uh group where they bust in students from uh, four area high schools and there were about hundred um, and twenty five students I would say about half my my presentations are to professionals and again the other half are to students um jokingly, I say to the professionals, I'm here to talk to you. Hopefully, you'll invite me back to talk to your students. Uh, They laugh, but I'm serious when I say that. Um, uh, And then this week, again, I do another local high school.
2: Ah, that Uh, is awesome. Well, you know, there you are. If you're listening to the show right now, we already have his information, so you can get in touch with him and ask him to go and speak at one of your events. As I've always said, education changes everything. So, Dave, we always ask these questions to our guests toward the end of the show. Um, and the first question I want to ask you is, as you were growing up and throughout your life, who would you say has been your role model?
3: Uh, uh, actually, uh, I, I was blessed to have... Uh, wonderful parents. Uh, my high school football coach actually went on to coach at Notre Dame with Lou Holtz. Uh, he was a great man and I was blessed to have good friends and family. Uh, but interesting enough, I had to do, like in seventh grade, you had to do a paper and then stand up and talk about your role model, so to speak. And and looking I actually, in seventh grade, I actually did my little paper and talk in seventh grade on Tom Dempsey. Now, most people don't know probably who that is, but at the time he was the field goal kicker for the New Orleans Saints, and he was missing part of his foot, Yeah. if you recall that. Yes. And I actually did my talk back then on Tom Dempsey and how courageous he was. By having a disability, and at the time he kicked the longest field goal in NFL history.
2: Now, who would who would ever think? Yeah, you would you would do that, and look what happens later in your life. Who would ever think that?
3: Correct. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, it's uh, things just uh, things are meant to be.
2: They are, but you know what else I have to say about that? You are a good person. Because just the fact that you had that whole appreciation and that you thought of things that way at such a young age also says a lot about you. But boy, that's a great story. That is really a great story. And yes, I I do know who Tom Dempsey is because of the disability part. So, I mean, that is really, that's a great story. Well, here, the next show, the next question is probably going to be the hardest on the show because every, all guests for the past eight and a half years have answered these last two questions. Uh, and the one is, you know, Dave, you've already accomplished a lot in your life after dealing with all this adversity. Uh, what would you say has been your greatest accomplishment?
3: The greatest accomplishment for me is after one of my talks uh presentations, especially to a middle school or high school population, or if it's a parent group and students are present, the greatest accomplishment or feeling for me is when a student that does have a learning difference comes up to me afterwards and wants to talk or shake my hand because that means I've touched them in some way and motivated them in some way because it takes a lot for some students to come up to, to talk in that setting in front of their peers. And to me, that says a lot and that I've got through to some of them.
2: Yeah, right. Um, I know exactly what you mean because you know what? There is no price tag you can put on helping someone. You know, there, there isn't. I mean, that feeling you get when you do something to empower another person is priceless.
3: Yes. Yeah, so,
2: yeah, yeah. It really is. Don't you agree with that?
3: Well, yeah. My book, the front page, it actually says uh, self-esteem, self-advocacy, self-empowerment. In mm. big, bold letters is the first page of my book. So
2: Wow. Well, you know, when you empower someone, really, what more can you do? That is the greatest thing you can do. Absolutely. So, Dave, if you had to leave a message with our listeners today, what would it be? Well,
3: I would like to just talk about college just a little bit. Go ahead. And and if there were four things I I would um, tell students, Again, it could be a one-year, two-year, or four-year program. I just want you to go somewhere post-secondary. And the reason why I say this is students, I tell them that they're going to end up where they see themselves, and they're going to end up where they believe that they're going to end up. But the four things I would like to just tell them and kind of empower them with is, number one, please self-identify with the college. Okay, only but 30 to 35% of students that have learning uh, disabilities actually self-identify. 70% don't because it's a new start with new friends and a new beginning, and I don't want to tell you. But please, please self-identify because people don't know to help you unless you open up. In my book, I, I teach students how to um, interview professors before signing up for their classes. I teach them how to match their learning style with the teaching style. And then after you talk to the professors, you can better balance your schedule. I get a lot of phone calls at home. And it's really about how students don't know how to balance their schedule. You take two hard classes. Know why they're hard. Take two easier classes. Know why they're easier for you. Okay? You take your... Harder classes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an hour because if it's harder, you want to go more often. If it's easier, you, you go less. And then, like really at the end, you you graduate one day at a time. You know, like, how uh, do I really want to say this? Uh, admissions is easy. Retention is the hard part for anybody, but particularly for students with learning differences. So, yeah, that test is next week, but I need to graduate tonight. I graduate tomorrow night. I graduate the next night. And that's how it gets done. So I can only read a certain amount a day. I can only write a certain amount per day. But I need to do it each day. And that's the harder part.
2: Right. Right. So So, in a way you're saying have a plan for all of this, correct?
3: Oh, absolutely. On Sundays, I would actually write my plan for the entire week on Sunday. Like if I have to read, like, say, 35 pages, well, what's seven divided by, I'm sorry, 35 divided by seven, Monday five, Tuesday five, Wednesday five, and I would actually write this out in a, you know, a, a plan for the entire week.
2: That is smart thinking. See, you can't just sit back frozen in time, you know, uh, analysis of paralysis. You really have to do something. See, it's that first step. It's the first step. You know, putting your foot in the water, it's that first step. And I love that idea of what Dave said, The having a plan daily, weekly, just so much is like when you're going down the steps and you're holding on to the rail, so much easier when you have a plan.
3: Yeah, yeah, and you have to work your plan.
2: Yeah, right, right. You can't just have the plan, then you have to do something about it. Did you do that, you know, the most of your life after you found out about this disability?
3: Oh, to this day, uh, first thing in the morning, or even sometimes the night before, I have my to-do list, and I actually write it out, Uh, either in the morning or even the previous night. And then I uh, I do most of it, and then I rewrite it again, maybe halfway or two-thirds of the way through the day. And then I actually check things off, because once you put them down, it's more concrete. You do them, you check them off. And what a
2: difference that makes.
3: Well, it, the, I have to do it because, again, I I work a little slower sometimes, but I get it all done. I, I tell people I'm a pacer grinder person, and they go, "What?"
2: Well, you get it done. That's what counts. Exactly. And I want to tell you, Dave, I really appreciate you being on the show with us today, uh, and I hope everyone that's been listening has enjoyed it as I have. Uh, and, Dave, we will have you on again, but I want to thank you for what you're doing to help people with disabilities.
3: No, no, it's, it's been a pleasure. Uh, the hour went by uh, extremely fast, and please have me on again if it works out.
2: All right, thank you. And you know what, Dave? We end every show with a quote from a person with a disability or a civil rights leader, someone making a difference. And today... Famous people with learning disabilities. How about Albert Einstein, who said, once we accept our limits, we go beyond them. And isn't that exactly what Dave is talking about? Hey, this is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. See you next week.